Why is it, Alan, that no matter how rotten I feel about things, when I get with you, you make me feel better? That's simple. I'm a cute, warm, wonderful guy with the ability of making a woman happy beyond her wildest dreams. No, that's not it. Because you got chubby cheeks. I knew it was one of the two. Welcome to Night After Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. Mr. Fernandes and... Hey, I'm Chris John Warner. Hello. Hey, yo, we're reviewing something that's very New York-y. Uh, this is the television movie More Than Friends, which is directed by James Burroughs and written by Rob Reiner and Phil Mishkin. Uh, it's a TV movie that Penny did with her husband, Rob Reiner. Then husband. And they were married about three or two years before they divorced, correct? I think, yeah, I think they were still, ma- yeah, this was, they did the film, I think, two years before all the, everything came down horribly. Yeah, yeah, horribly. Um, this is a request uh, via our Twitter feed. Uh, when we hit a big milestone, we hit 50, uh, we had 50 subscribers on YouTube. Right. That's and right. That was that was for the 50 on YouTube. And then we hit the yeah. 100, which is for our next film, I think. Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we, yes. we've 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 done too many of those this year. So we'll <laughs> definitely be slowing that down. Um, yeah, I was, yeah. you know, so but jumping into this film, though, I was a little surprised, you know, when we had the listing, we had like four different options. And this was the one that won out. Yeah, I'm not surprised because this combines uh, a lot of nice acting from Penny Michaels in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get a Linda Gillen, a little bit of Linda right. Gillen. That's true. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of little guest stars pop, who pop up in here, and it's a nice, simple little period drama. It's very much a, a predecessor of When Harry Met Sally. Very, very much, much so. so. Yeah. 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 You can kind of see uh, Rob formulating stuff, which makes me wonder how much of Penny is in Sally Albright. That's a very good question. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that today, about yeah. especially given that it was a a project he basically revisited like a decade later with, you know, with his then new friend collaborator, Nora yep. Ephron, who yep. really punched up, you know, the script. I mean, the yeah. story is about yeah. how Nora made when Harry met Sally what it is, you know, it, yeah. it she absolutely, you know, was the kind of the 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 sort of the the mid the very necessary midwife or the really good stepmom yeah. to that project. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that, that and how and yeah. how then so much of it is maintained over the, uh, you know, these uh, both when watching these projects. And I haven't seen When Harry Met Sally in a long time. It's yes. It's been a lot, long time since I want, last watched him. I want to say like about eight to ten years, I think. So, but yeah, but this was this, this is the request. This is the one that was uh, was uh, chosen. Uh, I We actually went ahead and got the DVD for this. And um, but at the moment, for those of you that would like to have watched this as well, it is currently as of this recording in middle of November 2021 on the service Crackle, uh, which is ad supported yes. uh, video on demand. Yes, yes, yes. And you can watch it online. You can watch it via Roku. Uh, it is among it also has a lot of different TV shows that are slightly rare. You can watch the one season wonder spinoff from All in the Family, for instance, on there. Hey. That was um, that was um, it was a one season spinoff, Gloria. Ah, and does that have uh, Meathead included for no extra charge, or do you have to pay extra for that? Tragically, they get divorced before this show starts, uh, which is why ah. it tagged. Hmm. Yeah. 
It tanked big time. Nobody wanted it to happen. Nobody wanted Gloria and me had to get divorced. Mm. They also have The Critic. I highly recommend The Critic. Yes. Yes. I love that show. show. Um, So, yeah. This movie spans from the 1950s into the 1970s. I believe we end in the 70s somewhere. Yeah, uh, we all we know is that Nixon is president, according to the, there's a running bit in the movie where yes. they never tell you what year it is. So what they do is they put a president somewhere. And I remember yeah. that's actually one of my notes in the the at the party in the beginning of the movie is uh, is is that a president on the dresser? <laughs> the thing is that you can tell like we're in the 50s, the beginning, because in the soul of the night and the pop in the costumes, the costumes are really nice. I won't yeah. say that much. Yep. And then we move into the hippie era later on. Mm. But there are certain patches where we don't feel like anything belongs to any era at all. Mm. So. Yeah, and, and truthfully, there are scenes shot on the street in the 60s, and you see 70s cars just all over the yeah. place. They, they didn't even yeah. try. Yeah, yeah. There's only so much you can do with a certain a budget of a certain size, as we all know. Absolutely. Tragically. But yeah. it's 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 a decent effort. They they tried. Yeah. They got the music cuts that they needed. Uh, there's yeah. you know as we're gonna get to later talking about like Michael McKean's character who uh, yes. does a very Bob Dylan sounding song that is is wonderfully bleak. It's it sounds like the darker yes. Spinal Tap tracks. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I'm 100 percent sure that he had to have written that song and it had to it, be cast off in something. It feels you, so him. Yeah. Yeah yeah. He's not credited in the credits. I haven't written it, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it was one of his. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's they do in fits and starts do a decent job of setting an era, setting a mood, setting a feeling. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of Alan, and what do you think of Maddie? So, Maddie, I think is very likable. I mean, I, yes. I especially so we you know because as, as usual, like we do for our episodes, we watch this twice, and my. Second time watching this um, today, actually, before recording this, I really just start rooting for her right out the gate. There's something wonderfully subtle about her that you always kind of feel this sort of sense of mystery, which is makes it very clear why Alan is attracted to her. Alan is interesting in that I feel like when he gets past himself and like especially towards the end, he's a lot more sympathetic. But I have a counter that I believe I wanted to punch him in the dick about seven times. <laughs> oh, God. I think I want to punch him in the dick about eight times. Like, yeah. It's probably an eight Jesus, that I'm, I'm just thinking. Yeah. yeah. When I look at them together, even by the end of the movie, where, like, you know, they long, she longs for this guy who will understand where she came from, who is her best friend, who will understand her to the end. But... She's always going to want to run away and do the acting thing. Yeah. And I can't imagine how, you know, maybe they reconcile it. Maybe he goes to L.A. with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they get into a huge fight with her producer ex-fiance because holy shit. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. they never resolved that one. Yep. Or nor did they resolve the issue like with their mother. Like, are they going to need parental permission to get married and all of that? I mean, it's there's there's definitely some loose ends in that third act. We never even meet. We never even meet Alan's parents in this. That's right. Yeah. We do not. It's 100 percent about Maddie's uh, mother sucking. Yeah. Uh, Oh, geez. And unfortunately. Sorry. 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 No, no. I'm just saying she is the worst. The worst. 
Uh, honestly, this movie desperately, desperately, desperately needed a moment where Maddie tells her mom off. Right. She climbs the glass mountain that is success all the way from the very bottom where she's doing amateur theater. Then she moves up to doing commercials. Then she moves up. You know, she ends up getting cast by chance in the sitcom. The sitcom takes off. And she climbs the glass mountain bit by bit by bit. And we get no reaction from her mother on this one. And mm-hmm. that's really annoying, especially since her mother is the one who basically drives the uh, first breakup mm-hmm. they have. Yeah, it's a very... it. Yeah, it, I guess it's one of those weird things that feels kind of realistic in that sense. Because you're, you know, if you're in yeah. Alan's shoes, you're not going to see all of that context. But at the same time... You, he would have an understanding of it. Yeah. So if we're, yeah. cause ostensibly, yeah. so, you know, for folks who haven't seen the movie, or I guess, you know, folks who have, have or haven't seen yeah. the film, it begins with the sound of the typewriter as we see yeah. pictures of, you know, actual Rob and Penny when they were kids. Yeah. And yeah. it implies that all of his narration is the book that he yeah. was, he's, he's going to write yeah. that yeah. he is that, that Alan Corcus, the writer is going to write. Yeah. And yeah. because of that, there's, there's, I think, they're playing with that idea of like, well, there's certain things he's just not going to know because it's from his perspective. And yeah. the catch is there's so many scenes of Penny's yeah. Maddie of Ma- of Maddie yeah. on her own. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. it, it does, that doesn't sell. That doesn't fly, yeah. you know, it becomes inconsistent, yeah. which, which I think yeah. is one of the issues I feel with the script is that it's yeah. inconsistency. And that's what yeah. Yeah. later projects that Reiner wrote and directed, I feel have is consistency. Yeah. They're very much so. Princess Bride, you know, all that yep. stuff. Ooh, yep. Yeah. Man. He just directed Princess Bride, but oh, yeah. He definitely develops chops as he goes along. I was gonna, I was actually going to bring that up and bring up the fact that there are at least two scenes in this movie where it's likely Maddie would have told Alan about this, but he didn't pay witness to it. And mm-hmm. I can buy her, you know, he, she told them about the Coleman incident. She told him about, you know, sleeping with Terry. So those are understandable anecdotes that he would have and shove into his novel. Uh, everything else that we see of her solo, um, there's no backup for. I can't imagine her like sit, going into detail about how shitty her mother is about her not uh, settling down. Right. Or Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even like some of the because uh, there's that scene where they're both at the TV studio when she does the commercial for the uh, the toilet bowl cleaner. And yeah. There's stuff that. that you see from her perspective. Oh, another one. The, uh, the another one that feels uh, disparate is the audition, and yeah. very clearly she tells him nothing about uh, yeah. uh, Mr. Salmonella, yeah. Avery, yeah. Avery Salmonella. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She does not want him to know that she flopped. She does not want him to know that this play is not is garbage. Right. She wants him to think that she is successful here. So no way in hell would she have told him any of this at any point in the relationship. Right. Even in the what? They lived together for what? A month? Like two weeks? Uh, Somewhere you mean, uh, you mean in, the, in, the, in the apartment? Um, yeah. That felt longer. Because wasn't yeah. it they say the, the next few months were the best month, was the best months of my yeah. life or something like that? So I it think was the, the summer. Narration said. It was so like a summer. The yeah. summer. Yeah, yeah something like that. Summer. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I can't imagine her in like three to four months uh, spilling that to him. Right. Because Jesus... That's personal baggage you would not tell nobody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's weird. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, though. Um, but it's it, what's kind of interesting, though, is that 
I wonder if part of the reason for this happening is because it's so vignette based. This is a very episodic yes. kind of movie, which is kind of cool because, you know, yes. we don't really see today, especially in mainstream film and even television, we don't really see these types of adventures for characters anymore yeah. where yeah. we'll see kind of parallel paths and see like the sort of episodic, the, the, the sort of American spirit of adventure that was so common in the mid-century is really dead today. You're pretty much kind of locked to yeah. where you are uh, you know, we're, and I think it's, you know, part of it's the cost and part of it's also just kind of socially, you know, the types of jobs that you want to get, you often have to go to yeah. school or do practice yeah. and training and apprenticeship for, you know, yeah. internships and et cetera for yeah, so yeah, yeah. damn long. Yeah. So it allows though these amazing cameos. So like Dabney Coleman and, you yeah. know, and Michael McKeon and, um, yeah. I think it's uh, Howard Hesseman as the, yes, uh, it is. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. The, 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 the director guy was the, yes, uh, crap. Yes, yes, the producer, yes. the producer director, um, who yes. she gets engaged. I can't remember the character's name. Shit. Um, you can go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't, I can't find it. We're going to get onto this later, but the wonderful Joe Pantoliano portrays Rob, Rob Runner's character's best friend. He portrays Alan's best friend. Yes. Ralph, uh, Joey Pants. Yes. He is great. Uh, I also love yes. that there's that bit where, cause I love that Ralph is like, he's both the best and worst wingman because he's super yes. like he, cause you know, like any yeah. borough New Yorker that, you know, I always yeah. hear the stories of how, you know, your best buddy is there for you, but they're going to bust your balls. Yeah. They're always going to yeah. bust you. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. he'll, uh, so we'll have those moments. And one of my favorites is uh, when uh, he gets it out of um, Alan that he's going to propose, he's going to propose to yeah. Maddie. He's going to try yes. to, you know, and and he's he's like, what do you what do you got in the bottle there, Alan? What do you got? It's like it's got a cork. Is it some special? It's like, no, no, it's nothing. It's it's got a cork and it. Give it to me. And he grabs the bag and he's yelling at him. And I realize, you know, because it's it's Joey. Um, yeah. Seeing him, I should I should say Joe, because as, as far as I know, yeah. you only call him Joey really if you're like you know um, yeah. informally know him, and I don't. But yeah. <laughs> um, he uh, he's wearing practically one of the same outfits he wore in Bound. And cool. when you think about it, think of it, the, uh, the, the white tank top, the chain around the neck, the, the open oh. button down shirt and the, yeah. the tan slacks. Oh, yeah. very noir, very noir, very noir. I love the friendship between these two. Oh it's yeah. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I even love the, the little encounter. Cause, um, as being the best buddy, he's known him since high school. And so the beginning yeah. of the film where, um, Alan and Maddie go to the the makeout party. Uh, yeah. There's that in- bit where they sort of kick Joey and his date, you know, when he's trying to score in the bedroom, kick him out so that they can make out in there. And yeah. there, and I love that instead of saying it to Alan, Ralph says, "I kept it warm for you." To yeah. Maddie, and I love the way that it gets Penny to break, and then she like, I think she like pats him on the back or on the butt or something, yeah. like slaps him, and yeah. uh, it's a great little natural touch. I love that in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's cute. I noticed that too. It's adorable. Yeah, there's I, when I sit there and I watch this film, I, I absolutely sympathize with Maddie uh, more than I sympathize with Alan. Even though um, Alan is a writer, and I understand what he's going through, trying to ch- trying to compartmentalize his dream of becoming the novelist with having to support himself via English teaching. Mm-hmm. With a bunch of cut up kids who escaped Mr. Kater's um, classroom. Mm-hmm. God, were they all imported from like room 222 or that? There's a kid with a huge, huge white guy afro. Oh my God. 
that afro is a choice that fa- the facial expression the the like i'm just waiting for like a little bubble to pop out and for him just go like a fish like bloob yeah the thing about it is white guy afros uh were not de rigor in the era this was set in which i think is we're supposed to be somewhere uh in the mid 1960s yeah uh, it's like this- it's yeah because it's like because i think I'm trying to remember. This is before we see the photo of it's before. That's right. He says after three years of getting rejected for being a writer, which would have put yeah. him. This yeah, would have been around 66, wouldn't it? Yeah. 66 around there. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Which is a little bit early. Just a little bit early for white guy afros. Just, Almost just, a, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, yeah. Because then we move on and we get into the late 60s and we're like somewhere in the very early 70s by the time the movie ends. Yeah. Kind of what the timeline is. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. The, interest, the interesting thing, though, about it is how you can feel the natural battling rhythms that Penny and Rob had as a married couple mm-hmm. when you watch this movie. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely imagine that this is how they used to fight. This is how they used to talk about things. Um, when you sit there and you watch them kind of, uh, you know, try to work towards admitting that they're even affectionate about one another. And mm-hmm. they go from, like, being uh, teenagers to being young adults to being uh, actual adults with paying jobs. You can kind of see the way that changes, and yet it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's there's a there's these different stages, and I it wasn't really until I watched it the second time I began to see how clearly they tried to emulate those parts of themselves, and in yeah. the way that they interact with each other, as well as just the way they sort of present themselves to the audience in character. Yes. I thought was really yes. interesting. But yeah, it's yeah. it's this strange glimpse. And, you know, when it comes to Hollywood and comes to these types of films and stories, it's always interesting when the real life stuff bleeds in. I mean, I I say interesting, but I guess like it's it's a unique experience. There's something novel about it, which is almost I have, you know, and I think part of it is my own experiences with it. There's there's kind of the almost a mixed feeling, because when you get something too autobiographical, like there is an element of um, uh, what's the phrase self-aggrandizement. There you go, self-aggrandizement. That's what you're going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. You kind of want to keep the fictional wall up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but, uh, yeah, because yeah. you want to create the myth in a way. Because I mean, yeah. when we what yeah. we now you know kind of understand about their about their relationship is that you know within a few years, I mean, things got pretty rough, and uh, yeah. the fighting got yeah. more intense. And when they actually did go went through the the, the proceedings, it was challenging. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know all the full details. I know a little well, bit from so, what you've talked to me about. But, I mean, yeah. if Penny was yeah. having that bad of a reaction and I'm sure, yeah. you know, Rob was yeah. not having an easy time either. I guess what I mean is, like, there's sort yeah. of a mythologizing that happens yeah. at, with yeah. these types of pictures. And yeah. there are some people that just learn how to collaborate as romantic partners and as coll- creative partners. Yeah. And they're yeah. able to find ways in which it inspires. But as you're saying, like, the, the you used the word earlier, compartmentalize. And I'm curious to what extent the compartmentalization was able to was involved in this, because that was even part of what made it difficult to like Alan for me the first time was to separate you hurt Penny versus 
Alan's he's self-aware that Alan is a jerk, you know, yeah. because, so he know yeah. he's playing yeah. him as a, as a dope, not because yeah. he, he's playing a guy who believes he's cool and he's not. And that's yeah. why he's not cool. Yeah, exactly. He's wise enough to know the difference. Like, like we don't know what he was going through. Cause I don't think he talked to the press that much. I haven't read very many interviews that he gave around that time, but I knew don't, I do know that Penny uh, had a rough time with divorce. She went through bouts of hysterical blindnesses, which she told people magazine. I believe it's in her autobiography, which I need to reread soon. But I believe she mentioned it there. And uh, City would have to lead her to her marks. And this was during season five when all the wheels were falling off at Laverne Shirley. Right, right. So unnecessarily because that was one hell of a banger of a season. It really, so, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. As of yeah. this recording, we've we've finished season five. I think we've discussed that already on yeah. the other uh, yeah. uh, special pods. But yeah, it's yes. a yeah. For our usual coverage, that's that's where we're at. And it, it's incredible to think that that amount of good work and i really think what it shows is how much the crew and the the cast came around to, to try to make that happen as yeah. she was going through something because when you're one of your leads yeah. is going through something that challenging which yeah. i'm sure you know made cindy more than a little upset that when season eight rolls around and the network is causing doing some yeah. shit that uh yeah. they don't kind of rally quite the same way yeah i know well uh, a lot of people blamed her husband at the time for that. I know Penny blamed her husband at the time for that because her husband was throwing up blocks and her husband was, I want to direct this. No, I want to play her husband. She can't be lying down. She needs to be sitting. <sighs> and uh, uh, that pissed off the directors. That pissed off Gary. That pissed off Penny. Cindy was taking his side because in her very own words, I thought I was in love. Mm. Um, so it was a mess. And... So Penny blamed him 100% for it. Gary blamed him 100% for it. Uh, Cindy blamed the network, and she still blames the network, I believe, uh, for you know screwing her around when she was incredibly pregnant and ready to almost give birth on set. Mm-hmm. She, they scheduled her on her due date. That is still, yeah, that's that's still insane, yeah. and that yeah. that is I'm I'm kind of a, because I've. I need to I'm be curious to look into the history as to whether um, SAG was going to get involved in that because or sorry, mm-hmm. at, it still would have been AFTRA at the time. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, because they hadn't. Yeah, they only yeah. merged like 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so I am okay. intrigued to know more. I would like to know more. Yeah. So, but but anyway, but back on yeah. to track here, though, Luke with Deeper, this. Per- uh- uh, Cindy doesn't talk about it in her autobiography, but there are plenty of articles that were about it. Uh, they did set a lot of court. I don't know who got involved aside from Cindy suing uh, the production company, suing Paramount, and them kind of suing her and all that happening. Mm. So I don't know. So I don't know what in the end, uh, uh, how much they settled for, what they settled for, etc. But uh, eventually all, all wounds were mended by the time both uh, Penny and Gary passed. So... At least mm-hmm. that happened. That was, that was good. At least it did. Yeah. Um, anywho, but back on to yes. more than friends, because, you know, the yes. speaking of, you know, the crew rallying around and things like that, I, you know, so unfortunately, I I like I tend to really like going really hardcore into, you know, these uh, when we do these reviews and, and start, you know, looking up all the actors and crew members yeah. and stuff like that. Um, the main thing I think that we at least can talk about though, is that this was James Burroughs, you know, the, who is essentially a sitcom, you know, he is the man, the myth. He's like a, practically a God. The man yes. is still kicking today. He's yes, still directing. 
he's still directing TV to the point that three episodes of uh, B he did three episodes of B positive in 2020, which is the which it looks like is a um, uh, Thomas Middleditch Anna Lee Ashford uh, uh, series CBS. Yes. So what's cool though to see with uh, More Than Friends is this is Burroughs getting to make like a movie. And he's getting to yeah. work on location. He's getting to yes. work with, uh, in many cases, actors who either were film actors or people who had the experience in stage yes. to to do you know more of that kind of you know theatrical yeah. work. Um, yeah, yeah. My my mom's jaw dropped when she noticed uh, it was uh, Kay Medford, you know, as uh, Gertie, as yes. mom. Yes, yes, yes. That's adorable. I love that. Yeah, and some of them were just TV actors that had never done anything outside of this. Exactly. For, Precisely. But for, they, or at the very least, some of them were, you know, they were getting there. They were starting to, they were, they were on their way. You know, I mean, Carl, yes. Carl Godley, Carl Godley is in this, you know? Yes. Yes, he is. So, yeah. Uh, this is Dabney Coleman before nine to five. Mm hmm. You know, kind of exploded his career and got him the various curmudgeonly roles. <laughs> and this is Michael um, several years before Spinal Tap. Mm hmm. And yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot of interesting casting choices. You could tell, you know, who's doing Rob and Penny a favor here, and who's not doing Rob and Penny a favor here, and who knew the director. Uh, the casting is really good. Casting's really good. Casting's really good. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 shot well. I mean, I'm I'm looking up the uh, like anyone who did like you know who who were the editors. It was all that stuff, you know. And I mean, yes. you know, the editor was mostly just a love American style editor. A lot of TV, huh. you know, did some ADR recording and just kind of minor things here and there. But like you know, one of the DPs is um, uh, Sol Negrin, uh, who did huh. um, did a bunch of uh, Kojak in the mid to late seventies. You know, so I mean, that's, that's awesome. you know, the kind of these were people of that time that were doing. Yeah, you know, I guess my point is they were doing stuff. You know. Yes. Busy people. And that's kind of I'm drawn to this movie because of the fact that it's a attempt similar to films like The Goodbye Girl or The Landlord or what have you, you know, or the odd, or even the odd couple movie. You know, they're they're these poignant but funny. The the place between, say, uh, the Dick Van Dyke show and John Cassavetes. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting, you know. And, you know, well, some episodes of uh, Dick Van Dyke could honestly have been directed by Casavetes. That's just true. Walnuts. Come on. Imagine. Imagine it might, it might look like a <laughs> walnut directed by Casavetes. <laughs> I mean, then the, wal the walnuts would have then had their own existential dread to be filled with yes. and then, you know, have their own plot. They would have had a pl plot arc where they were this hive yes. mind consciousness of alien life that was, yeah. uh, you know, and that they really were a symbol of the uh, of. Um, Mary Tyler Moore, the wife of Mary getting uh, older and how she's feeling like, uh, you know, my my eggs are, you know, going to are going to go stare, you know, are going to go and I won't be able to have be a mother anymore. And how, uh, you know, it's like some anyway, I was going to say, you know, I did have a kid. Do you realize uh, this is the point, by the way, where everyone realizes, yes, I have seen some Cassavetes movies. I've seen two of them. Yes. Not in a long, yeah. long time. I've oh, seen a lot more Cronenberg movies recently than I have Cassavetes movies. That's something. It's still something. It's better than nothing. It's better than having seen none at all. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, yeah, I watched Husbands, which was incredible uh -huh. and, un in my opinion, underrated. And uh -huh. uh, I yes, I watched Shadows. Shadows was really yes. good. That one actually is really good. God, it's been ages. I haven't, it's been a long, long time since I have 
watched his stuff. Anyway, so back on track, focusing yes, on yes, Northern yes. Friends. I'm getting, I'm very, I'm getting very tangented, which is unfortunate because yes, I mean, I, I love how natural these scenes look and yeah. coming off of all the Laverne and Shirley, just getting to see all of this location footage is yes. fantastic. Um, yes. They, they have really good cinematography for like the night scenes in particular have this yes. really dirty, grainy look that captures that seventies New York we love from the movies. Yeah. Yeah, there is a really nice shot where Alan and Maddie are sitting there eating a pizza before he offers to go sex her up for the first time. And they're sitting there eating the pizza, and there's these uh, this group of teenagers who are just hanging out in the background next to their fifties, uh, their late fifties, early sixties cars. Mm-hmm. And you tend to notice that you tend to notice them, and it is just really good work. Exactly. Uh, we do. We can't mention the pizza place without mentioning the name. Yeah. It's, well, what's the name? Go for it. It. It was Frank's Pizza. Oh yeah, call back. Call back. And there's even a bit where he's starting to say he's you know he's trying to like talk with her about it as they're going back to go get their slices or get their napkins, and she goes not in front of Frank. In front of Frank. Don't stick your tongue in my mouth. In my front of Frank. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, Muffin. I'm going to I'm Muffin. going to Muffin. <laughs> Muffin. Muffin. <laughs> Yeah, Pap, what do you what do you do? What 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 what? I got, I got my friend, my got my bald friend over here. <laughs> don't let him stick it don't let him stick his tongue in your mouth, Muffin! Pop, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're embarrassing me, Pop. I can't do a liver impression anyway. <laughs> I can do a because it's just some mom's yelling. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, but that, but that's yes. the thing, though. I mean, it, like, it's got these little references and bits. I mean, yeah, I remember you introducing me to this movie through the bit yes. where Terry Christopher, played by Michael McKeon, yes. comes yes. over and says, "I feel like I know I know you, like yes. in another life, the past life." Yeah, past life. That's what it's like. Wow, yes. that's even before kindergarten. <laughs> scene for multiple reasons uh first of all uh it's because for once they put it, they have obviously been playing this dynamic on Laverne Shirley for ages where he's pining after her character mm-hmm. and she is not into it here we get the reverse dynamic she gets to pine after his character and he's kind of oblivious and he's pretty interested in dicking around mm-hmm. and um the way Terry kind of opens up to the idea of um, taking Maddie on, so to speak, via, via, via that peanut presentation, and all I could think of is Princess Bride. Again, oh, anybody want a peanut? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And just, you know, uh, so angry, and you were so loud. It's <laughs> so he wanted. He just wrote the song, not as an actual protest song, because he wanted to make money. Yep, he wanted to go gold in a week. Yeah, gold in a week, gold in a week, gold in a week, gold in a week. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a moment. It's quite a moment. Uh, I actually have the lyrics. I wrote down some of the lyrics of the song. Yeah, it's very like. All the stretches are stretched, and even the doggers are wretch. Doctors are retching, but I don't care because they're over there. And as long as they don't come near, I'll stay here. He's got the harmonica, <laughs> and I love. He even is the kind of jackass that has has a girl up on stage, uh, put the harmonica in his mouth for him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the great touch, this great detail. 
and the 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 exchange that uh that Maddie has with the hippie in training played by Linda Gillen. Um Yes. You know, is he going with that harmonica holder? No, she holds anyone's harmonica. <laughs> it's a great line. And then she starts going over his astro- astrological chart. Yes. And asking about whether it's like, do you meditate? Shake head. You mean you don't have a mantra? No, I have a Volvo, which my mom got a huge <laughs> laugh out of. It's a great line. God. And one of my favorite parts of this scene, and this is one of those great little like great staging moments that like director actor they just come up with this idea that like it all i don't know who came up with this idea but this, i thought this was brilliant yeah. when he stands up he's been sitting on a chair playing uh, acoustic guitar and doing essentially this solo song which i, I think is hilarious because he's got the whole band behind him doing nothing and yeah. when he stands up he's got this classy jacket and underneath is yeah. this shitty sport jersey that is a celtics jersey he's wearing a celtics jersey it's green i love that I love it's it so it's it's because I guess what I mean is that there are people that found ways to mix blue collar fashion and high class fashion really well. There have been rock groups that have done that since the yeah. beginning. I mean, the Beatles did it. Yes. This isn't it, which makes yeah. him look like even more of an asshole, which I think is great. <laughs> I actually love that outfit. So. <laughs> uh, he has also has on these bell bottom jeans and he's wearing a bandana on one of his legs. Oh, God, that's right. Yes. Tied to one of his knees. And uh, uh, you can tell that the character is just striving for, like, desperately for, like, relevant coolness. <laughs> His band probably had, like, maybe two or three hits and then drowned in a sea of psychedelics. Never even made it to Woodstock, likely, but... Uh, oh, they, well, no, they probably died in a plane crash first. Oh, God. Poor things. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go so far as to give them a Leonard Skinner kind of ending. Well, I'm not saying that every band that died in a plane crash was Leonard Skinner. I mean, lots of people died in a plane. I mean, the Eagles almost went down in one. That's that's apparently where the almost famous scene comes from. Is that was what they suspect is based on what people have deduced is that was probably the Eagles that that conversation that scene happens in, Um, or happened to I should say. Happened to a lot of people. A lot of people died tragically and unfortunately that way. A lot of musicians. But yes. Anyway, now that we dragged everybody down, uh, I wonder how long Terry and Laverne. Oh, Terry and Laverne. Jesus Christ! Oh, <laughs> we're we're keeping this in. We are so keeping it in. We're keeping this in. The thin veiling. The, the veiling is thin. <laughs> <laughs> You're cutting that out anyway. Uh, I wonder how long Terry and Maddie were supposed to have lived together. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, well, I guess is maybe a few months. That's what it seemed like, maybe. yeah. Because she gets to meet his guru, and he has a <laughs> parrot that he's trained to ask for marijuana. <laughs> Polly wanna fix? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that the guru is that open at Caesar's Palace was nine years old. Yeah, because of course... Yeah, because of yeah. course. Uh, <laughs> is he? Is he? I, I have to ask though. After after that many months of dealing with this crap, is he still the cutest frog she's ever seen? Possibly, still the cutest frog I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, look. If a thirty-ish Michael McKean came to me and asked me to do a four-way and told me not to wear a bra, I would do it. <laughs> Future me, keep that in, please. I, I I have, it's my my, my girlfriend has this on record now. 
I cannot blame Maddie at all for like going there because who wouldn't a lot I know a lot of people who would go there. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of lot of McKean fans. I think he he is. I will say, dude's handsome in this, and I I do have my note here. I think which is um uh as like yeah <laughs> oh god. Okay, future me may have to cut this part out. Four way, Maddie. Come on, get some flour with your bee stinger. <laughs> she should go there. She should have gone there. I would have gone there anyway. And they were cute. They were and they were cute. Sky and wind. I love her giggling about them. Yeah. I'm sky. I'm wind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the sky and wind here to see you. And like, um, honestly, ah. Uh, you look at this scene and you look at how uh, Michael and Penny's uh, character chemistry, on screen chemistry, uh, changes with these two characters versus what they play, with, play as Lenny and Laverne. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still that note where you absolutely believe that these two characters are into each other. So they, they were good at projecting that kind of chemistry. Yeah. Which I mean that that takes work. <laughs> that takes work. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah. I was gonna. Didn't your mom have something uh, cute to say about this whole scene? Oh, about this. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I I watched this with my mom, of course, and she really enjoyed this as well. She really liked yeah. the movie, and she reached a point where <laughs> uh, we get to the Terry Christopher band member, the frogs, etc., and before it even cut to uh that scene my mom figured out it was michael's character because his name was in the credits and uh she she's like that's michael's that's gonna be michael isn't it i oh it's him i knew it (laughs) that's awesome that is awesome oh your mom's great yeah love you ma love you ma hey chris's mom (laughs) (laughs) uh so anyway um yeah, so I mean, we're we're jumping all around over the place. There's yeah. all these different different episodic moments and all that sort of stuff. Oh, that's right, actually, going over my notes. Um, another Laverne and Shirley reference we do want to bring up, yes. though. Um, my mom realized that the uh, the tree that Alan's bringing into their apartment about you know 15 minutes, 20 minutes earlier in the movie, that's a rubber tree plant. Oh, never knows that it can't move a rubber tree plant. Some That's someday incredible. we're gonna get synchronized. Someday we're gonna be filming this, recording this in the same space. We're gonna sing together. We're gonna do the duet. It's gonna be super cute, and all of our fans are gonna gag and vomit. <laughs> and you'll like it. And you'll all puke everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> It'll help with your food poisoning. Um. Yeah, that's adorable. Uh, I was gonna say now, which of Natty's extra relationship relationships do you think might have survived or worked out or been healthier for her than Alan? I don't think any of them. I think they all were terrible. I think yeah. the the college director would have been one of the worst. I think Terry Christopher would have gotten her hooked on some nasty drugs down the line, probably like some heavy psychotropics or something. That would have been bad. Because, I mean, imagine if he went through a heroin phase. Jesus. God, Jesus. Imagine that Jim Morrison heroin phase. Jesus. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Then that's oh, yeah. that is that's it. That's done. So um, 
and the director was going to use her up and spit her out. That's the thing. Yeah. The the producer guy, I, I call him a director because of the fact that the whole going to the Cannes Film Festival thing had a very like, ooh, do Polanski to me, you know? Um, and that's not to say that I don't think Polanski loves Sharon Tate. I think he loves Sharon Tate. I just think that yeah. th there were a lot of people like that, like um, Bogdanovich being another contemporary that they attach to these sort of like, oh, they're a star, they're this. And they essentially wore them like arm candy. Because the idea, you know, in the 70s, as the 70s got started, producers and directors were becoming like rock stars. You had Bob Evans and Bogdanovich as an example. I mean, Bogdanovich was going to the Playboy Mansion, you know? Yeah. And uh, they were yeah. these people that were acting so cool about all that. The catch is yeah. many of those people ended, you know, often the, the wives or girlfriends they had in the 70s, they ended up having lots of problems because of the yeah. trauma they dealt with being together with those people, you know? And, uh, yeah. and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's messed up. That actually reminded me of when you said Playboy Mission, when I said, God, that's how he met Dorothy Stratton. That's how Oof. that happens. Yeah. God, that's right. That's right. right. My head. Oh, Oh, like, Oh, that feeling in my gut. Yeah. Getting, Ugh. yeah. Getting a cheaty ache. Um. Yeah. Well, uh, Alan barely steps out on Maddie, so to speak, in this yeah. movie. He only has one assassination, and he gets interrupted because Maddie needs him. Uh, he did say they had had a physical relationship for some time, yeah. and she knew That's all true. the point parts of his anatomy in Latin, which sounds in incredibly wonderful and incredibly annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah, the only the only right. nurse, one of the sorry. Actually, no. What am I saying? I've actually known four RNs in my life, actually. Four? Maybe more, actually. Um, but yeah, I will say uh, one of them definitely had quite the sex drive and uh, was very exhibitionist about it. And so so it's just it's it reminded me of her. And that that made me that made me smile a bit. Um, yeah, there you go. Like, honestly, yeah, that part isn't like, yeah, that, that part was almost, you know, kind to Alan. He kind of deserved that respite from the Maddie drama, so to speak. So to speak. Yeah. I mean, he definitely... Yeah. contributes to it. Right. Yeah. It, like, I, what I find in Alan over the movie is there's a weird, like, he has difficulty not just listening, but doing things other than the way that he feels he has to. And... I believe that's one of my problems. One of the reasons I had a lot of issues watching the film the first like time and a half, because we, we had watched this together. God, that was like eight or nine months ago or almost a year ago. I think now that we watched it in parts when it was on YouTube and that we had to like find different sourced versions. I used to be like Alan, like, you know, I personally used to be kind of like that. And uh, like, especially like 10, 10, 15 years ago where it's like, there's a certain way you're going to do the thing. And so what I find He's being too stubborn. He gets kind of stuck in a certain mindset. And think of like, even down to the first moment of him trying to get, get Maddie to make out with him. Because even yeah. when she says yes, he gets all insecure and nervous because he feels like he's got to do things a certain way rather than just relaxing and figuring out what feels natural. And yeah. that keeps kind of happening. So my point is, when you see him trying to make Maddie feel better, when he tries to cheer up, when he tries to be a goofball, when he does all these different things, um, they're not real actionable things because it's a way for him to keep his own little sort of secure bubble and to morph. He gets to feel like he's doing something rather than yeah. him actually doing something. He thinks he's doing something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he kind of thinks he's controlling the narrative in some way. In reality, she's in a, in a way she's controlling it, but in a way she doesn't honestly know if she wants to be married or if she wants to act. It seems like at the end of the movie she figures out, oh, I don't want to act. I want to be with Alan. Or maybe I want to be with Alan and work on the show, which is, again, going to be pretty difficult when you just dumped your producer, hon. Yeah. Like, it's going to be really difficult for you. You're going to have to skate uphill. And I, The end of the movie makes me wonder this one simple question. How do you think that relationship ended after the fade-out? Did they get married and they went to Hollywood together and she battled back or went back to her series and he wrote scripts and did his novels? Or did they break up in resentment because she realized, oh shit, you know, I gave all this shit up for you. And uh, you, are not, you are not as receptive as I hoped you would be in giving it up. My answer to that comes in the form of the question, how much did Alan change having finally written the book? Mm, that's a good question. It's made very clear he never wrote the book until she left for the third time. She yeah. was gone for the third yeah. time. Yeah. And that was where he finally had the space to do it. And he was so heartbroken. The first time that they kind of have this sort of separation period, which is, you know, kind of the college thing. And that's after, you know, is, is, in, is in college and the first time goes poorly, which we should talk about later, but, but we're focusing on the end first for a second. Um, this is like, wow, this is it's turning into the story of us now. It's all this nonlinear time jumping. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, the Rob Reiner cover over to comedy. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about that one a lot in the last few years. Yeah. I need to watch that again. Um, the catch that I feel with with him is that if he if he felt the heartbreak and that's what got him to write his book, did that mean he had made a serious and honest change? That is my that's question. Because yeah. that change could keep the not only just keep the relationship going, but be part of a momentum. Because yeah. what's interesting about the way this film concludes, you know, and I was very careful. My my mother asked if this had a sad ending or not, and I I let her know I am not going to say. And I, part of it was because I knew that she was going to react to that line. Um, I want to tell you that Maddie, Alan and Maddie want, you know, got back together and lived happily ever after. So I will. And, yeah. you know, where he is, it's like, you know, all right, so screw it. I'm going to tell you that yeah. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you believe it. And that finale though, is very poignant and very vulnerable for Alan. It's the moment I like Alan the most when he's just honest and he's scared, and he loves her, and he wants her. She is everything. There is even sort of a sense that if she's, you know, if something happened and he had to throw, that is his one manuscript in his hands, yeah. and he had to throw it off that bridge onto the train tracks to save her, to have her in his life, he would do it. Yeah. And yeah. that type of, and now mind you, that type of love and to the point of like obsession is a little scary yeah. and dangerous yeah. too emotionally yeah. for both the person and the person they care about. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I apologize. This is such a long answer to your question, but, um, yeah. but uh, I do feel that if it was going to work, it would depend on how much they both change because the, because what you also see in the conclusion is how much Maddie has grown. You see Maddie get more confident as the film goes on. Yeah. 
And when you see that really conclude where now it's like she's got the show and now and I think the fact that she realized that she made it, she's being interviewed on TV. She's one of the three leads in this big, you know, sitcom TV show. And even though she makes mistakes, it works out anyway. Yeah, that gives her this strength and confidence. So the question, because what I've learned about, at least in my feeling about what I've started to learn about relationships, and I feel even with you, my darling, my love, that I've I've really have reached this point of understanding with you through that, is that the healthy degrees of confidence help people work together because there is an element of together. There is a companionship. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that became, became this huge <laughs> thing, but... Um, but nothing is written in stone. Yeah. And I think that he still has enough of his own ego and enough of his head up his ass. Something's going to probably go wrong. And if they do divorce, it's not going to be immediately. It's not going to be in three to five years. It's going to be more like 10 to 15. And it's going to be, it would probably be messy and horrible and sad. And they'd have kids and all of that. So that would yeah. be more of what I would suspect. Anyway. Yeah. I hope that answers the question. I can see that happening. I can see that happening. Uh, I think she's always going to be torn between this traditional mode of what being a woman is, what her mother told her a woman is, which is you are a housewife, you get married, you have kids, you find security, you go to Boca every summer. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's, that's safety. And on the other hand, she's always going to want to be this daring actress that uh, she is at core. Because you can see how much crap she climbed through just to get a single commercial where she's scrubbing a toilet and dancing at a toilet, um, at a urinal cake, basically. Mm -hmm. All those little floating toilet uh, bleach things. Yeah. And, which which yeah. a toilet, a toilet beach, a bleach thing being green, an yeah. actual green lily pad. Somebody in the department let the marketing run the run the development too much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm. There actually are toilet bowl cleaners that are green out there that actually do a thousand flushes. I know they have the kind that's blue. They also kind that's green. I swear that exists. That's somewhere out in the world. My mind is blown. Blown. Um, but I think. You know, if she gave up acting for Alan as much as she loves him, uh, she would look at him and start resenting him after a while. Uh, you know, she could love him as much as anybody loves anybody, has loved anybody else in the history of humanity. And she will still be driven to act. She will still have that intense inward compulsion act. It's like, I could not give up writing for anybody or anything. Mm -hmm. And... So, you know, do I think she would ever walk away from that sitcom completely and, you know, go back to New York and be a writer's wife and try to negotiate the struggle of no more baseball on Sunday, but uh, brunch with my mother on um, Saturday so I don't have to be alone with her? I don't think, you know, she would go back there. That she should go back there. I don't think the, the relationship would last through that. Yeah. Which again comes yeah. back to did did he grow up enough to say I'm going to drop everything and go with you? Because that's that's the part that was a turning point for me in my perspective about, you know, Alan was maybe not a turning point, but it definitely was a landmark is 
he's going to propose. He's got the champagne. She shows up like this whirlwind and she grabs all of her stuff. And she's even got this to-do list. One, this, two, this, three, this, four. Kiss Alan goodbye. And then she kisses him goodbye and walks out. That is when you get on the next flight and you go after her. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, that is, that is good old hunting. I need to go see about a girl. Yeah. 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 And then he doesn't do it. And then she bangs Harry Christopher. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. That was for the, uh, uh, the gals in the sky. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's the last time. That's the very last time after they have their third montage. (laughs) At least that one was cute. At least that wasn't filler. Yeah, that was my favorite montage out of the three montages. This movie has a lot of montages in it. (laughs) It doesn't need to have as many montages as it does. It's filler. That's the thing. It's filler. It makes it feel cute. I mean, my mom loved how the ice cream was melting all over her at the softball game like a little kid. And and the moving in has got a couple of lines. But like you could have cut that down to like one or two shots and been done. That's the catch. It's filler. It's cute, but it's filler. I kept the whole bit with the box. That's what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would have kept the bit with the box. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of it didn't need to exist. But yeah. Yeah. Like I said, um. Uh, I don't know if they would survive. They would have to learn how to yield. I get the sensation that the um, movie is trying to tell us that um, she climbs to the top of the glass mountain, but she cannot find anybody she relates to, and she can. And Alan's not there, and she's without her soulmate, so she gives it all up because acting's not that important to her. Right. And yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. The- it's the whole uh what's the point in making it to the top of everest if there's no one there to share the journey and it's like give me a break yeah not in this case this case this is this does that analogy doesn't count here yeah yeah it doesn't make sense for her no it makes no sense for her at all because consider how many hoops she has jumped through just to be on television and you do not buy that um she would do that so yeah yeah. That's just my little two cents on it. They would have to learn, both learn how to yield. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if either of them... Uh, it, it depends on how much, uh, like you said, the last two scenes of this uh, movie take place within Alan's novel and how much of it takes place within reality. So, the film's reality. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good answer. I like it. Um, yeah. Because you have to be an adult if you're going to do that stuff. You have to be a grown-up. Yep. And one of the issues I find is that there is a... There's these clues throughout the film that you see part of the reason she likes going back to Alan is there is a sense of familiarity because there are times he's like her mom and he's manipulative and guilt-tripping and, you know, his neuroses causes this guilt-tripping which she knows and she feels that she can tolerate and deal with. And... You know, we have him break up with her first yes. with uh, with, you know, with breakup number two, really. Yes. And then the third one is she runs off yes. and then they kind of have to come back in the middle. And I, I just feel like that's a um, again, it just as you know, I guess not to belabor the point, but, you know, how much of the, how much of that has changed? How much of that is, has evolved, yes. you know? Yeah. Gonna, so, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it seems yeah, like it's... L.A. changed her. How yeah. much would it change him? Yeah, and even if L.A. changes her, even though actually she leaves L.A. to avoid being changed, really, mm. because she wants to sit there and play stoop ball outside. And there's this impression that she doesn't care about all the extra little bits of business and that you can't be in acting if you don't care about, you know, owning a studio 
or wanting to produce something, which is bizarre. Because not every actor does that or wants to do that. Oh, totally. So, yeah, there's just people who are just good working actors. They're character actors. Yeah. They're t- regular yeah. TV actors. I mean, we talk about yeah. them all the time on Night After Night. Yes, we do. Darn well. But yeah. 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 So, so I look at the two of them, and I think, bless your hearts, this probably ain't going to last forever. You'll be happy for a little while, and you're going to spend the rest of your lives chasing each other. Mm-hmm. Really, is what's going to happen. Either they're going to do that, or they'll get married, they'll have a couple of kids, and uh, resentment will set in because... Or she'll become a stage mom. God, can you imagine becoming a stage mom? I don't think she'd do that to her kids after what her mom did to her. But I'd like to think that she wouldn't, but at the same time, I could also see Alan being too... have too little of a backbone to stop that from happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her having all of these unfulfilled dreams because I was that lady who was on that successful sitcom back in the 60s or 70s, in this case. Remember me, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, I, like I said, you don't build up something as being someone's passion and someone's drive and then have them to go, well, screw it. I'm not entirely content because my ex-boyfriend isn't here to play stickball with me. Yeah, <laughs> I had to play shoot ball. And I had to bounce around ball, and it's like okay. I love, I love how this, this we came from both sides here. Where, and and uh, and I don't disagree. I totally yeah. see hear what you're saying. I agree that what it is is about Maddie's independence and me telling Alan get a goddamn backbone and stop being an idiot. You know, grow up. So it's yep. it's like we're we're both yelling at them. Yeah. Why? Why aren't yeah. we the the best friends in a in a romantic comedy? Yeah, there you go. God only knows. God only knows because we're both exhausted. I'm writing <laughs> things, but anyway. <laughs> uh, time, time. Oh God. Oh Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um but yeah. Uh. I'm trying to think of other stuff to mention. I mean, there's there's definitely those. So I did have a couple of different things to to bring up as well throughout. L- less um, necessarily lines, although there's some very good dialogue throughout. I feel like at times tonally, it's it almost like mixes the wrong kind of jokes for the kind of movie it is. It's why it feels in some respects like a TV movie or an inexperienced movie. We were talking about consistency. Yeah. There's that scene where she leaves, goes off to be in, you know, Three Ladies in the Sky. And you cut to him, you know, narrating, you know, we, I took a different path and all of that. And it's implying like, oh, God, he joined the church. He became a monk. He became a something. <laughs> and then it he's turns out it's Krishna. And you realize he's actually in a <laughs> God, Harry Krishna. Well, he is balding. Um, oh, yeah. He uh, is at a restaurant, which is built inside of a church. Yeah. And it's an amazing joke and it's an amazing bit. But I don't think it fits in this movie because yeah. It's so insane. It's the, you know, I mean, there's those lines of, you know, it's like, can I get you some more bread rolls? And uh, then the muse, the disco music. And it's like, do you want to play Pong? No, I just play backgammon in the catacombs. It's it's like, wow. It's And my mother was even like, this is kind of sacrilegious, you know, I don't know about that. You know, and then, and then you know, there's Joey again, Mr. Pants, Pantoliano, um, you know, trying to trying to score. And, uh, you know, and that's what leads to meeting Beverly, the nurse. And so it's a like those scenes come up every once in a while. And like as much as I it is 
funny in some context, the whole singing Oklahoma after he loses his virginity. That is less a dick punch and more of a, I want to kick that man's balls up so high that they ping pong around his skull for an hour. Cause holy shit. Um, I may have to bleep this part. We'll talk about this after, but you you remember my note, right? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You, br- you break her hymen, not her heart, you dick. <laughs> and, you know, and, and uh, that is a... So those things happen in the film that like... And I'm curious if like there were anything like that that popped out for you that maybe I just didn't catch or I didn't feel, you know quite yeah. stood out but what did you think feel uh, come out that way you know uh honestly i'm trying to think about it and it's like um the anachronistic uh classroom scene is what stands out for me like oh that. my yes oh my god yes all those the kids are and... so 70s there's kids are so mid-70s they didn't even have to try to hide these kids are mid-70s not to mention uh, they all looked like they were at least 27 yeah 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 yeah, that, that needed better casting. They needed better casting and more period-appropriate clothing. Because everybody looks like they escaped from the 70s and were supposed to be, like, in the mid-60s at the very least. So, as we said before. But that's what stood out for me that way. Actually, mm. I do know of one uh, restaurant that exists within, like, a few... Uh, actually, a few uh, hours of me. I think it's about... Somewhere in New York, there's this place called The Jealous Monk. I don't know if it's uh, monk based, but apparently it's medieval based. So yeah, but that's yeah. I mean it's medieval, but it's, yeah, it's 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 tangentially related. I mean, yeah, you can't talk medieval times without you know the Crusades and stuff like that. But yes. yeah. <laughs> my favorite note, by the way, among all my notes, is Michael's eyebrows are almost completely invisible in that lighting. Uh, of course, <laughs> you would notice that. That's one of the things I noticed. But I'm allowed to stare just a little. Yes, a little you are. You are allowed. Hey, as 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 long as it's my bed that you're coming home to afterward. There you go. There you go. You can you stare. Go, you can go. you can stare and excite yourself as much as you like. Actually, that's my <laughs> that's my note. Um. Yeah, it's who am I kidding? This is going to be Lisa's time to shine, and I just like <laughs> I stop making notes after that point. <laughs> that was my actual note about that scene, and like. Um, I love the fact that the camera, like, loves almost everybody in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's a great camera. Penny looks amazing. Yeah, Penny looks, God, yeah. Even, even Rob looks really handsome in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. They managed to find a hairpiece for him that looks tasteful and Mm. period accurate. So good on them for doing that. Yep. Yeah, all the women look gorgeous. Even, like, uh, small parts, like Claudette Nevins as uh, Frances, the uh, Dabney Coleman's uh, uh, wife. Um, that was great. She did a great job. She was, she was so, so good. I love that she just didn't give a shit, and then, um, and then Maddie gets really excited about having coffee. Right. Yeah. Oh, my my mother's la- like I would did not expect her to laugh at that, but oh man, she laughed hard at the. Uh, it's like come into the kitchen, slut. I'll make you some coffee. <laughs> I'm gonna get coffee. We'll grab the bob sheet. You take the top sheet. It's like oh, I vey. And I, I love your I loved your anger that it wasn't her with Michael in bed like that. <laughs> hey, yo, yo. To be fair, uh, he actually does uh, end up quasi shirtless in this movie, which was a rarity for him in this period. Uh, 
You get open shirt in Spinal Tap. Uh, his shirt gets ripped open by David Lander in Used Cars, which is coming up for us. And well, these are all rare events because he absolutely does not take anything off on the merch, surely. I'm going to just be shallow here. I'm just going to be really, really shallow and say how disappoints me. So, Mr. McKeon, if you are listening to this podcast, um, I will not oh, apologize on my girlfriend's behalf. I will say <laughs> you're welcome for me allowing this. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> I will also then you say... You guy give no permission. I'm me. <laughs> nice bod, Len. Well, hey, remember, I'm the one editing this podcast. I could, t- I could cut all this out. <laughs> yeah, you probably will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, oh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, God. we'll get, we'll get, but get to the boobs that you want to see in the next, in the next one. Yeah, um, yeah, there's so many boobs in the next one. Boobs. Boobs. Um, boobs. but yeah, I mean, there's, there's all these like little, so I was just, yeah, the anachronistic stuff is, inter- is definitely, it's eyebrow raising yeah. and chuckle worthy in some cases, but it's, it's, they do try. There's some scenes they're not even trying because they, and I think they just, it's like, we don't got the budget for it, man. Just do it. Just get the shot. Do you want the shot or do you want it to be accurate? And it's rather, you, sometimes you just would rather get the yeah, damn yeah. shot. Yeah. I also wanted to point out, we mentioned this when we were watching it as well. This was definitely proof based on the personality, especially given how many actors from Laverne and Shirley are in this. They should have gone to New York and not Los Angeles. Yeah. I, yeah. I, like, I, there are tons of benefits to going to California. I think that from what I've seen of seasons six and seven, that they've they definitely took advantage of some of those, and that's yeah. cool. But man, the personality that you yeah. see in this and the yeah. New York culture and the the yeah. look that is Laverne and Shirley to me. They should have moved to New York for multiple reasons. Uh, one of them is that everybody wanted to move to New York, but Gary said no. We're going to L.A. because that way we can get more guest stars and boost the ratings. Which did not help. Did not help. What they got was Troy Donahue, and then they got um, uh, then then they they got uh, Charles Grodin in the most anachronistic appearance in the history of the show in season seven. Uh, they did not have that many celebrity cameos. Right. Yeah, there's a whole Charles Grodin episode coming right at us like a freight. We'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. You will probably won't see it till summer, but man. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's it's a choice. That episode is a choice. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh but yeah, I mean it definitely like and especially I would have loved to have seen more location footage just because it just allows these kind of cute like I as you were saying, the montage of them playing together, you know, which is just so sweet. And there's something yeah. so tender about it and playful. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. But you it's can funny. imagine that they did this when they were little kids. Absolutely. The same way. So. Yeah. And and there's this great mo the great moment when they're bouncing the ball off the penny and the guy yeah. just walks in. It's like hey mister, hey mister, that's a penny. He took a penny. It's a, and they're both going after the old man and he's like, I got my penny. <laughs> <laughs> that's my penny. <laughs> Finders oh. keepers. <laughs> Eat my ass, whippers <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. Is there any other any other major stuff you want to cover, or do you feel I'm like that? I was really, 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 really wanted to mention um, how good the camera work is because the camera work really is good. The cinematography really is good uh, for something with like next to no budget. It's really good. There are some really one or there are some one scenes like the kid. Pretty much the entire scene in the kitchen with uh, Maddie and her mom. Most of that is one take. 
and yeah. it has got movements, pans, zooms, the works. I mean, it, they have as much choreography to do as the actors and yeah. the actors blow it out of the water yeah. and the cinematography captures everything. Yeah, that's good. The whole bit was good. The actress who plays Penny's, Penny's mom. <laughs> the actress who plays Maddie's mom is really good. Yeah. Uh, K, yeah. Really Kay. Good. Yeah. Yes. She's good. She's yeah. Kay, Kay Medford. Yeah. Kay Medford kicks buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually love the pants that, um, Maddie is wearing in that scene. Mm -hmm. Like those pants, the cute. They are cute pants. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, um, you know, this is a really cute little, it's a really cute little movie. It really honestly is a cute little movie. It's got his little imperfections, and I'm less here for Maddie and Alan than I am for the other aspects of what the movie has to say. But it's really enjoyable. It's really cute. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's a, it's, um, you know, we definitely, I think we would recommend it for those who yeah. want to get like kind of a glimpse of this, especially kind of for Laverne and Shirley fans and then for fans of When Harry Met Sally and Rob Reiner fans, because you get to, you see, this very like yeah. prim primordial version of what he ended up becoming, you know, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't even say a prototype because a proto yeah. this is the napkin version in some respects. Yes. yes, yes, this is very, very, very early Rob Reiner when it comes to screenwriting. Very super early. Uh, he gradually develops and sophisticates his uh, arsenal and ends up becoming the guy and the dude that we all know and love. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's a good time. Anyway, so, hey, uh, does that put us at ranking time? I think it might. I do think it might. I would, by the way, recommend this to both anybody who loves TV movies of the era and to people who like Laverne Shirley and generally to people who are fans of uh, Rob Reiner's work. All those people are going to at least be interested in studying what this movie puts forth. I agree. I think it's now it's time to rank. All right. Um, so wait. So we're gonna use our usual for any of anybody out there just joining us. We do a zero a zero to ten scale. The scale being that ten is perfect and zero is we wish that it had been unknown, never created, that its creators had died in a burning ring of fire, oh. and that perhaps they were buried in the fifteen circles. Actually, we don't believe in hell. Why would even say? I wouldn't even say that. Anyway. Um, Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, best and worst. Zero is worst. Ten is best. Um, yes. what what are you thinking there, hun? Uh, I'm gonna give this a good solid eight. Um, performance is cute. Uh, period styling is good. Writing is good. Uh, it's not perfect, uh, but it is worthwhile entertainment. That's just my little thought. Nice. Uh, to tie it up, I would give it a seven. Uh, the weaknesses for me hold it back a little bit too much. Uh, pacing takes too many hits. Uh, filler montages were a bit annoying, but it's a very, there's something very warm about it. There's something very familiar about it. And um, I really did especially enjoy on a second viewing, it captured the kind of like, I miss these personal love stories. You know, I feel like we need more of these again, like especially men being able to write these kinds of stories again. It just it feels like we're not allowed to anymore because of the market, because of the way irony and cynicism has infected our way of life to such a terrifying extent. And admittedly, I'm in different circles, but like I used to watch movies like this more regularly 
and I miss them. And, you know, because I loved when Her- when I first watched When Harry Met Sally, I was over the moon for it. I loved yeah. it. And that was, God, almost 20 years ago that I first saw it. Um, but it's gotten to the point where, like, this type of tenderness and vulnerability, not even superhero movies and adventure films really even do this kind of romance anymore. And I think we yeah. need to again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's why you enjoyed Moonstruck so much when I showed you Moonstruck. Oh, but, yes. It was so yeah. good. That's why I try to write that kind of uh, romance and try to write that kind of feeling. Which you do very well. My, my, did, did you know my girlfriend's a great writer? She's a fantastic writer. You're going to read a book someday. Oh, yeah. You're going to like them very much. Might even get into the into the book, wives, book club with the spicy book wives club thing that my friends do. I, it's real good. Anyway, you're so, you're so, you're so good. You're, you're so talented. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that's what I try to strive for myself because I get tired of that not existing in the world too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. We write we write what we miss or what we want. That's the thing. But it's a good way. And uh, yeah. yeah, cool. I guess that kind of wraps up everything. But yeah, uh, as said before, if you would like to watch this film for yourself uh, or would like to watch it again, perhaps, maybe you watched it way back when, maybe you had a bootleg VHS of it or some such thing. It is uh, on Crackle, which is should be on most of the main uh, streamer units like the Roku's, Amazon Fire and things like that. I believe Crackle's on most of them. And um, it also is. Uh, I, and you mentioned it was on the Roku TV one yes. as well. Yes. Yes. There's definitely a Roku TV app for it because that's how I watched it. Yeah. Time. Nice. So, yeah, that's a way to get your hands on it. Uh, there is a DVD that circulates that they used to put. I think it was like a print on demand, but I don't know if they print on yes. demand anymore. It's from Sony Classics. It's a yes. not great DVD. There's It's so cheap. There's no menu. There is one file, which is the movie, and that's it. But yeah. uh, it's a decent transfer and and it shows up you know, pretty well. Sounds really nice and clear. Um, oh, which also we should also mention the uh, as a bunch of shooby do in this movie because yes. uh just like the first season of Laverne and Shirley, In the Still of the Night is basically the theme song of this yes. film to the point it is permeating the score yeah. throughout. Yeah, there's actually an orchestral version of it. It's played over several scenes. And I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, and yeah. You know, like jazz yeah, reprises and all that. Yeah, it's yep, it's a trip. Yep, yep. Yeah, definitely. And so at that point, I started to wonder, am I watching The Irishman? <laughs> hey, if you're going to shadoop, you're going to shadoop. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, um, cool. And with that, we'll have a quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll get to our little outro. Stick around. We got stuff to say. All right. And with that done, uh, thank you again, everyone, so much for joining us. And if you would like to know more, please join us at Night After Night Pod on uh, Facebook, Tumblr, Face, you know, WordPress, Patreon, YouTube, etc. Or Night After Night PC on Twitter. We are mostly a Laverne and Shirley podcast. This was a special episode done for our fans. Uh, We are super thankful for the follows and the support. Any sort of anything uh, is great. We will probably be doing these more from the point of um, Patreon uh, or patron polls. But uh, but yeah, it's it was very cool. We thank you very much for um, voting for this. This was a good time. And we've got. uh, so this is now our third of these special episodes to do, and I think we got one more. So Lisa Caramia, what do we have next? Used cars with the big boobs, and the hey. David and the Michael playing new characters, hey. and the Kurt Russell, so much young Kurt Russell, and Garrett Graham, baby! Garrett, Garrett Graham! Graham! Woo! 
Yeah. And Jack wanted playing twins. Playing twins. And there's We've and there's a really it. cute dog. And there's a yes. um uh the, the, what's his name? El Guapo is in it. El yes. Guapo is indeed in a guy living in the airplane hangar. Airplane, yeah. airplane. We'll, retrofitted airplane. Retrofitted airplane. Yeah, we'll yes. we'll get to that. That part didn't age very well. Um <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. All right, cool. So hopefully you'll join us for Used Cars, the uh, which also I think is like, isn't it like Zemeckis's like second movie or something? Yes, yes, yes. Very, very early in his career. Very, Ooh, very early in his career. Uh, very, very early in his screenwriting career, too, as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was uh, done after 1941. So, yeah. Right on. OK, well, join us next time, you cool cats and swinging chicky babies. Latest. Hi, y'all. <laughs>